Welcome back to the Charlotte Angel Connection, the Charlotte area podcast linking entrepreneurs, investors, and the broader Charlotte community. As you know, our goal here is to interview the individuals who are building, shaping, and influencing entrepreneurship in the Charlotte region so you can stay invested in Charlotte's growth. This week, we are lucky and fortunate to have Aru Anavakar back on the podcast. Aru is the co-founder of Botsplash, along with her husband, Ramu. Um, last week, we learned a lot about Aru, um, kind of how she and Ramu got to where they are today. This week's podcast, I wanted to turn and focus more on the actual business. So, what is Botsplash, right? Uh, obviously, with the name bot in it, it it's, it's got some bot applications in it. But when did they start it? Um, maybe what I really wanted to find out, well, what's the use case, right? What's the business doing today? Or how would it assist a business along the way? They did a big pivot in 2017. Um, so if the business is doing something different today, what did it start off doing? Um, and what led them to that new business model, right? So, you know, as entrepreneurs um, and in life in general, you're going down a road and, and you change directions. Well, what caused them to change their direction? Um, I wanted to talk a little bit too. I mean, uh, you know, it's a startup in Charlotte. Charlotte always gets the bad rap. So what's it been like for them being a startup in Charlotte? And what we learn is that they found out that they they needed resources, right? So they started a Charlotte Bots and AI group. So what is that? Um, uh, Aru's also started a, or co-started a group called Collective Hustle, which is trying to help women entrepreneurs and investors here in Charlotte. So what's it been like for them along that journey of kind of having to create some stuff as they've gone? Um, also, just as a result of being so much out in the community, they've had more and more people reaching out to them. So what's that network like of people, of, of mentors and advisors helping them as the business? And then I wanted to get a concept of what the 12, next 12 months look like for, uh, for Bot Splash, right? What, what are they aiming to do? How are they going to do it, et cetera, et cetera. So really solid podcast with Aru today, kind of from that entrepreneur's mindset. And certainly think that there's a lot of, um, nuggets of information in here for listeners. So excited y'all get a chance to listen to part two of the podcast with the Rue today. So Rue, welcome back to the show. Certainly enjoyed part one as we learned a lot more about you. Um, but, you know, as I mentioned, I wanted to kind of pivot. And the reason we're here is we're here to talk about startups in Charlotte, right? So A, welcome back. Thank you, William. So, and B, let's talk about your second child, right? Um, so bot splash. So started um, back in um, when did it, it started technically in 2016 or when did the idea kind of come through? Sure. So we started like with incorporation in 2016. Okay. We didn't spend much time, and as we are pivoting uh, in the podcast, we had a big pivot late um, in 2017. So when we started bot splash. Our whole goal and idea or interest was how do we automate business processes? What things can we put um, in automation? What, the whole chatbot trends, right? It was highest in 2016. It continued in 2017. So our whole goal was automation and business improvement. Mm -hmm. Along the lines in 2017, the more we dove into, we realized the intelligence lies, intelligence lies in um, 
human beings, the process people, the people that are setting up the process and continuing it day in and day out. That's when we had our biggest pivot and we said, automation will happen, but on the basis of human intelligence. Mm -hmm. So that's where we said, let's emphasize more on live chat and connecting the consumers with agents in real time and bring in automation later based on the intelligence that is gathered on when agents converse with uh, customers. Okay. So late 2017, we we started with the emphasis of bringing all digital channels together so that the agents don't have to spend their time chasing leads or customers or don't have to keep cold calling them or emailing them and being back in the same redundant process or scheduling all the time, but giving the business agents the right tools so that they can optimize and just work on the core aspects of when the consumer is ready, engage with them, and take the process forward. Okay. So that's how Bot Splash changed into being like a live chat or a chat software across multiple platforms for messaging between consumers and business agents. Okay. Can you um, can you walk us through maybe a use case as far as sure. um, how it would how it would work in in real time or how it would work for a specific bit not a specific business mm-hmm. but a business in general an enterprise sized business? Um, do you mind doing that? Sure, anytime. Um, so one example that I'd like to take is let's say uh, financial advisors, right? Mm-hmm. People need financial advisors for their financial wellness and different aspects of decision-making. So it's possible that as a consumer is researching online or talking to their um, friends and family of where to go, whom to approach, very possible, let's take for example, ABC Financial Wellness is a company who's like marketing heavily, is good known for their reviews and all that. As a consumer, you might land on their Facebook page or you might land on their um, website Mm -hmm. and you might start to interact with one or more agents. Okay. Our goal is when a consumer has made sure to come and check out your digital assets, which is a website or Facebook page or could be an Alexa skill, how do you make sure you don't lose that lead because they needed your service? In today's industry, what happens is consumers come seeking for your service, but if you don't attach with them immediately, they are gone to your competition or you lose them. So let's say they came to your website. If your website had like a chat widget, which is on like so that they can connect with an agent and start talking, you already have them in the process. They are not lost looking at the hundreds of blogs or articles that you have on the page. Or if they had come to your Facebook page and you had your messenger automated to connect with an agent, now they are in the process immediately. Okay. So that's why, that's what we do for our clients and businesses. We help them get engaged immediately and also allow the consumer that is shopping for a business or a product to change channels. So today they might come to your website and get engaged. On a different day, they might be on Facebook and decide, oh, I had a question for ABC Financial Wellness. Let me ask. If they've forgotten your website but are have liked your Facebook page, they could ask a question on the Facebook page. So you're multi-channel. They are an omni-channel. Okay. So, or on the alternative side, if the agent has the phone number, 
rather than calling not knowing if the consumer is busy in a meeting or traveling or some other nature, they could send a text message through our platform and get them engaged or re-engaged in the process back. So these tools just help in the entire uh, process of getting that lead or consumer in, nurturing them, incubating them with information and taking them through the entire process. So very small scale digital CRM that um, helps them kind of communicate back and forth via um, simple chat tools. Yes, that's right. So, um, and what it started off at was, um, give me a use case as a start out so that we can talk about um, understand that pivot a little bit more. Sure. Uh, like you mean when we started out? Yeah, when you started, yeah, sure. before the big pivot in 2017. Yeah. So when we started out, we were highly concentrating on literally chatbots, meaning how can we get the consumers engaged, like sort of self-help mm -hmm. and avoid connecting them with an agent until they are ready for a transaction. Okay. So our whole goal was let's scrape through every knowledge base that is available, get all the self-help that the consumer needs, and only then connect them through an agent when they're ready with their car or the purchase or transaction that they are ready to do. So they'd ask a simple question to the chatbot and yeah. give them a generic type. Generic type of response. Okay. Um, that helps in some cases. Like, let me tell you an example. In certain cases, uh, like if, let's say, you're working with a realtor business, if a person is looking for a home, in a realtor business, connecting with a agent when they are looking for a home in an initial start might be the best way to go because you build the connection with an agent and they can help you find your home. Mm -hmm. Alternatively, if you're looking for a mortgage loan, now that you found a home, it might be a better approach to provide self-help tools to a consumer and let them decide whether they need a 30-year or a 15-year and connect them to an agent later in the process. Okay. So while the process of lead coming in and converting still is in a pipeline, the intent to connect or when you connect the consumer with an agent is different. Yeah. So that's where we decided no matter what the process and pipeline is, the connection of live agent is different for each business, each domain, and even inside the same domain, each business individually might need it differently. Okay. So that's how the whole pivot started in customizing it for each business, okay. learning their process and making it intelligent for them. Gotcha. Um, what brought you to the pivot? What was the, what was the moment that said, oh, we've got to change this platform from one direction to the other? So notice in 2016, when we were going entire automated route, mm -hmm. it, it, it would be a lot of heavy lifting, understanding every business and making sure it is automated exactly to do what the business does today. And there are higher risks. Yeah. Um, with the pivot, it wasn't so much about teaching the business how to automate, but it was more about learning from the business what needs to be automated. Okay. So A, risks are low. You're not immediately unplugging a smooth process and injecting something new and trying to see if it succeeds or fails. Uh, 
The second part of it is you're gradually making the system learn in bits and pieces. You're watching the process. You're, we are running our models on the conversations that happen between the agent and consumer and trying to identify what things stick out that can be automated. One example would be, and this is pure hypothetical example, right? Let's say when a consumer connects with an agent, they say, yo, or hey. If our patterns of uh, data analysis show that people starting conversation with, hey, yo, uh, don't end up converting, we can immediately in the start of the process, mark them as low intent and not really get them connected with an agent. Okay. But on the other side, if people starting a conversation with hello, or I have a question, hi, may I ask you a question, seem to be converting better, then down the lane, we can mark them as high intent and connect them further. Again, this was totally yeah, yeah. hypothetical, but that's the route we are in right now, where but we you, are applying machine learning and AI models. As I say, so you've got machine learning on the yes. back end, so yep. you are learning where you might choose to automate in the future um, without having to try to fully automate every aspect of it today. That's right. So we are finding the right balance and re making our systems get a good feedback to analyze and see what we can detect early in the process and what we can keep it for later. Okay. Um, no, it's very smart. You said earlier that you like to talk to people mm -hmm. um, about the concepts. Is that... Um, talking to potential customers, talking to um, to friends, colleagues, other startup founders and stuff. Is that where the concept came from, from the pivot? Or um, or were y'all just seeing it more and more that it was going to be an easier thing to, to, to turn to? It was uh, a mix of a lot of things. Like we were piloting with a few people and mm -hmm. just small businesses, yeah. right? Uh, like lawyers and uh, realtors. And we noticed like, People in the workforce were okay to pick up the phone and immediately reply. Mm -hmm. It was that process of not realizing whom they were spending time with. Like, yeah. is it going to convert or is this going to be a six-month sales cycle that will convert? Yeah. So that's where we thought if, if our goal is to automate everything into a chatbot and not really find the best use of it, why not pivot in a smaller solution and a existing problem where you decide the intent and based on the intent decide help the agents to communicate so we took a big dream of automating everything yeah. concised it and said we understand machine learning we understand automation we understand predictive modeling how do we apply to this niche space of detecting intent and then take it further okay um, so you had pilot people that were um, kind of help, uh, not kind of. I mean, helped you feedback, mm -hmm. um, feedback, and and ultimately you know push you into probably a better direction. Um, how did you find the pilots, and then how did they respond to we're going to change and move in a different direction here? So most of the people that we worked with in pilot has been you tell us our process, your process. Yeah. Let's identify your pain points and see if our platform helps you eliminate your pain points or at least elevate your business process to optimize it for you. So it's been a lot of to and fro. And if I have to say, 
with an example of um, medical research, mm-hmm. like understand the core before you attack a cell or something. So we've followed the same path where we've openly discussed the entire pipeline and process of how they handle their consumers mm-hmm. and then pick the niche space that's most difficult and try to address it with the platform capabilities. Okay. Um, the pilots that we spoke to routinely said, yes, when I'm in a drive, I miss these leads because they are sitting on a website and nobody's available for them. Yeah. So we said, okay, will it help you to just collect an email address from a, like if you put a contact page, very few people might give their contact information. Correct. But if you leave a note saying, hey, I'm not available right now, please leave your contact information. Um, or maybe you're not driving, but at lunch. Mm-hmm. And what our platform does is if a consumer comes to your website or any other digital channel, and you you as a business agent or a business owner have enabled escalations, we escalate it to your phone. Okay. So if you're at lunch, you can just reply from your phone and keep the consumer engaged. Okay. So these are the things we said, okay, losing a consumer is your biggest, biggest pain point. Yeah. How can we automate things or how can we improve the process so that the consumer A feels they are attended to mm-hmm. either automatically or by an agent and you are losing less leads. Yeah. Um, pivot for a second, talk a little bit about Charlotte. Um, so you start a, um, a bot startup in Charlotte. Um, it's not Austin. It's not San Francisco. It's not even really Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Um, there probably wasn't a lot of support in that space. Um, but there is more now. And part of the reason there is more now is because you've kind of forced the hand a little mm-hmm. bit, right? Um, how's that community growing up? And, how did you know you needed to, was it selfish a little bit to a certain extent that, gosh, we need we need some people to correspond with? Or how did that kind of come, come about? So I agree. Um, Charlotte is different, very different. The two major challenges um, I personally as well as my team had was the whole B2B business. There isn't a lot of um, startups in the area. Mm-hmm. And second, the whole concept of bots, right? As you said, other cities are probably much uh, better place for it. Yeah. My biggest problem is I didn't want to move. Like whatever happens, it happens right there. Yeah. <laughs> no traffic, no traveling, nothing. Um, so one of the initial things we did, A, for us to be encouraged in the space that we are in, yeah. is we started the Charlotte Bots and AI meetup. Okay. And the whole goal there was, was we didn't want to stay isolated and implement anything, but we wanted the crowd. We wanted to meet with like-minded people who might be in the city, but isolated. So the whole goal for that meetup was meet with the right people or meet with the professors that are in this um, area of study and get the crowd to come together so that we can expand the space as well as uh, provide back to the community the experiments that we've been doing. So we've been running that meetup for two years now and it has extremely helped us. Like A, it's helped with networking, it's helped with deciding what strategies to follow, what's 
real, what will stick versus what's probably somebody's late night experimentation and could probably not turn out in the long term. How big is it now? The Charlotte Bots and AI group, um, we have 400 plus members. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we do meet once a month. We have around anywhere from 25 to 50, 70 people show up. Again, it depends on the topics yeah, that yeah. we run, the people that come in. And uh, our goal is not so much to emphasize on bots and AI, but especially for me, as I have transitioned from technology development to business, more of my goal with the whole meetup is enable people to transition. Like if you are in technology and you want to learn bots or just the business aspects of bots, then this would be a meetup where you'd come in because we try to bring in a good mix of theory, technology, as well as business applications. Okay. So our... Um, Members are very wide open. You'll have like project managers who are working with automation. You'll have uh, core students that are in natural language processing or NLP module. So it's 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 pretty vast. Um, the lifeblood of any startup or of any company of any family um, of any country mm -hmm. um, is money, right? We all need money to survive. Um, everything costs something. Uh, I shouldn't say everything, but most everything costs something. Um, you to date, I don't believe raised money. I think y'all um y'all self funded mm -hmm. this. How do you make that decision about when you will go out to the capital markets, so to speak, um a um in other words, local angel investors and beyond. Um, but how do you make that decision that you'll go out and raise money? Sure. So yes, we are self funded, bootstrapped, and now. Some of our bill is being paid by the client that we have. Mm -hmm. um, so you've we'll, got paying customers. Yes, we have revenue generating okay. customers. So That's always a positive, right? That is completely yeah. positive. Yes. And the whole goal was let's... When I joined completely, like full-time into Bot Splash, I was exploring what do startups do or what are things that startups have to do. I was literally attending every meetup, every pitch in the city for one month and deciding so at the end of 30 days if i may say i had two options i work hard run after clients get a positive pipeline going of sales or i invest in decks presentations pitch all around the country and go the investor route okay. having come out of a full-time job i didn't want more bosses or people telling me what I should be doing. Yeah. So I sort of delayed the process of raising an investor route and said, let's try and find paying customers. Mm -hmm. It worked well. It worked positively. We started out looking for customers um, around November or October, November last year. And we had our first one in Jan and we took them to production um, like live in March. Okay. So the whole process, I'll not say was smooth, but was extremely encouraging. And so far, we've decided we'll go the client route where we'll start re generating revenue when it comes to a point that I need to scale because we've got 20 in the pipeline, all of them who needs to be live in next three or four months. 
that's when I'll go to the investors and see what the right balance would be so that I can fund my resources. So get revenues um, in the door, have momentum, have yep. traction, um, have no bosses for the time being other than the clients, <laughs> and the clients are one heck of a boss already, yes, right? Yes, they already are. Um, I mean, clients are always right, so. Yeah. Most of the time. <laughs> yeah. So, but it also means that when you do go raise money, you don't have to raise it um, on as friendly of a term for the investor. It becomes a little bit more friendly for you as well. Yes, and possibly I'm hoping it having a positive client list will help me raise faster. Like I may not have to go through that many cycles yeah. um, of proving the business model or the revenue model. So the whole goal is get to a positive client list and then see how I, how I would like to scale. Okay. Um, speaking of Charlotte and the investor community, um, we'll go back to our example. It's not Austin, it's not San Francisco, and it's not New York, right? I mean, it's mm -hmm. not very easy to raise money here in Charlotte. Um, you've started something here over the course of the last couple months called Collective Hustle. So, again, just like with the Bot Splash um, meetup group, mm -hmm. you saw something that didn't exist and you created it. Um, so talk a little bit about what Collective Hustle is and why are you creating something else? I guess sure. it goes back, you, you do come from an entrepreneurial family, <laughs> right? Sure. So Collective Hustle is uh, put together by three of us, which is Sam Smith from Vision, uh -huh. um, Mary from Brave New Content, and myself. So Sam and me probably met at a pitch breakfast or some other event in the city and we both felt uncomfortable not seeing other females at uh -huh. the events. So for a few months later on, we started discussing what would be a good way to get more females to come to events and learn more. Like we didn't know what the missing portion was, yeah. but around time we decided let's put together a female led meetup which encourages females to come in and discuss about the whole investor route, the funding route, as well as founders and startups. So that was the whole goal of bringing Collective Hustle together. And during this time, both Sam and me were pitching for the NC Idea. Okay. And that's when we spoke to a few members of NC Idea Seed Fund, and they were also interested in supporting us on this path. So. Three months down, Collective Hustle was live. Uh, we had our first event last month, and our upcoming event is on June 20th. It's raised your profile in the city. I don't know if you know that or not. Um, you're, you're seen more, um, and you're talking about more in a positive mm -hmm. light. Was that a goal, or was your goal really just, um, I see a need, and I'm going to fill it with this type of content? The goal was not publicity. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yes, but uh, I can I can definitely attribute to a lot of uh, people knowing me or have at least heard about me and the uh, company Bot Splash. But the whole goal was a I thrive in a positive manner with network, yeah. and I knew there might be people out there who are not taking the next step just because they don't have the right network. So my whole goal to participate in events or show up to events is help other people who might know me and take the next step to participate in the events and take it further. 
um, as I mentioned earlier, William, time is of essence. And one thing you realize is if you stay stale, time will still move on. Four hours later, you're sitting stale. But yes. at the same time, if you decide to do eight things in an hour, you somehow, the time just expands infinitely and you accomplish doing eight things. Yes. So. Or at least six. Or at least six. <laughs> or even one, but you've done one thing. Yeah. Um, that's something I've noticed like I've not planned towards it. It's not like intelligence. I knew this is how things will work out, but I've just noticed the more you are determined to do things, things just end up being done. Yeah. Um, so the whole goal was if I'm doing something, there might be more people out there, females, minorities, others out there that might want to do. And um, if I can be the role model for them, not expecting to be, but if I can help them, out there essentially if i can do something there are tons out there people can also do something you've had some people step in and help you with box flash as well though some advisors i don't know if they're formal advisors mm -hmm. or if they're informal what's that meant for you and how tight is that network in charlotte for the startups like you that are building cool neat things so one thing i will say yeah most of um i do have justin Kunghang and um uh, John Miller, who are on our website as advisors, we met at co-working space mm -hmm. and exchanged a few uh, thoughts and realized you can be good at a certain things, not everything. So you always need people to pitch in and chime in or be that second eye, third eye to help you out. Uh, I also do have a couple of colleagues and um, members from the Charlotte Network mm -hmm. who are unofficially helping me out. One thing that always remains true is when you ask, you get help. When you don't ask, you don't get help. It's yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a, I, I put that, I mean, there's a video from Steve Jobs on it, but taking close to heart, it's learning from my daughter. Yeah. When they ask and ask and ask, parents just give into it yes. and they get what they want. So yeah. it's the same thing. You go after people. Not harassing them, but at the same time, when there is an opportunity to ask for a favor or a help, people are kind enough to help. And it's always uh, helped me decide if I should continue on the path that's on my mind or I should pivot and move on with something else. So any feedback is extremely helpful. What's the next 12 months for Botsplash look like? Grow the clients, uh, make more revenue, and possibly hit a point to raise in where I have an upper hand or my team has an upper hand yeah. <laughs> on terms. Um, so more clients, more revenue. Um, so you're not interested in the not make money freemium model um, and then flip the switch in the future. You're a positive cash flow from, um, not positive cash flow, but revenue, positive revenue for um, for the first for the first couple of years then looking towards it again the industry and the whole marketplace market share grabbing is pretty complicated you have to just keep tweaking your revenue models uh, we might hit a stage where we might be like you know what sales and enterprise are great to pay bills but the sales cycles are so slow we might have to say let's do a premium model or a trial and uh, pay model or subscription model for 
maybe smaller businesses. So we are still tweaking and seeing it. It 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 all depends on what is the cost that you're incurring and how are you paying it. Are you paying it with 50 people subscribing to your platform and paying 100 bucks a month, or are you just going to stay no cash for nine months and get a client paying 100k? So you you tweak your revenue models and get what you can get. I love your openness. Um, I mean, as we start to wrap up here um, at the end of our um, podcast number two, um, your, um, your flexibility to continue, you know where you're going to. Um, there's no question about that. It's not like you don't have an endpoint that you're driving to. But you, your, um, your ability to kind of test and flex and move and pivot, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, sets up for you really well as I think you you know, continue down this path over the next three to six months, um, 12 months, 24 months, 36 months. Um, I'm really excited about kind of watching y'all from close up and from afar as well. So Thank you, William. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, no. So um, anyways, well, hopefully you've got, um, you've got some, some kind of pilot things that are going through now. Mm-hmm. Um, and as those wrap up, maybe in the second half of this year, y'all will really have a, a clear picture of what 2019 holds for you, right? That's right. Okay. Well, we're excited to, to see, maybe have you back on here or to see you in um, CBJ or, um, or Star Charlotte or some other place um, with positive news about what's going on with BotSplash. But, but again, thanks for carving out an hour for me today. I enjoyed getting to know you. I enjoyed talking a little bit about the business. Um, and it always seems like an hour is too short, so I apologize. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks. Have a good afternoon. Thank you. Again, a nice little podcast, part two with Aru. Certainly, you know, neat concept. Business model seems to be gaining traction. They've got some um, some good businesses that are on the platform testing it out right now. As she mentioned, hopefully in the next three or four months, we'll be able to learn what some of those businesses are and how they're using it a little bit better. Certainly seems like it's on a nice little track. You can see and hear from them or from Aru that they're very smart about how they're going about doing this. Uh, I think not raising money yet is a, a pretty pretty solid idea for them or concept for them. We did talk about it a little bit afterwards about how maybe prepping for a fundraising um, here in the next couple months would, would be beneficial. Not necessarily that they're going to do it, but just prepping for it. So... You know, there's always something out there on the horizon. I think she does a great job of, of being that visionary and looking for it. Um, I think you've seen that through the pivot. You saw that through some of her answers. They've created the Bot Splash AI group. Um, they've done Collective Hustle. I mean, very smart approach to running a business or a startup here in Charlotte. So hats off to Haru, Haru and her team. I think they're doing wonderful things and hope they'll continue to be able to do wonderful things here in Charlotte. So I hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and certainly look forward to having you join us next week, once again on the Charlotte Angel Connection. William Bissett is an investment advisor representative with Seacrest Blakey & Associates, a registered investment advisor. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Seacrest Blakey & Associates. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener.
Seacrest Blakey and Associates does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance. Investments described herein may be speculative and may involve a substantial risk of loss. Interests may be offered only to persons who qualify as accredited investors under the Securities Act and a qualified purchaser as defined in Section 2A, Paragraph 51, Line A, under the Company Act or an eligible employee of the management company. There generally is no public market for the interests. Prospective investors should particularly note that many factors affect performance, including changes in market conditions and interest rates, and other economic, political, or financial developments. Past performance is not and should not be construed as indicative of future results.